Welcome to the Boardroom Podcast, presented by the Political Action Committee, People for a Better DeSoto County, with your hosts, Chad and Ben. We hope to give you an informative look into local government by having a healthy discussion about city issues, interview a few friends, and have a little fun. Hello and welcome to the Boardroom Podcast. I'm Chad Wicker and I'm going solo today. My buddy and good friend uh, Ben Piper, Alderman of Ward 6, is not able to make it. Life hit him in the face and he, he doesn't have a babysitter, and but he's here in spirit. I'm Chad Wicker, the Alderman of Ward 4, and we're live in the uh, Shelby Road Production Studio here at the Caffey Place building in the heart of Ward 4. Uh, I think it's the best place in the world. Anyway, so I'm going to be a little solo, so you probably get tired of, tired of me talking in a minute, but... Uh, Everything's going well. Just finished up. We got one more soccer game left for the kid, and then we're going into uh, baseball season. Uh, first baseball game is going to be uh, uh, April 10th, so we're looking forward to that with my six-year-old. And my old, my older son, uh, Reeves, is uh, just finishing uh, fifth grade, getting ready for sixth grade, and he's looking to uh, play the band, so he wants to play the saxophone. If anybody uh, has a saxophone he can borrow, see if he likes it, uh, give me a shout, okay? <laughs> anyway, so just real quick, we're going to talk about the board meeting we had uh, April 4th. It was about an hour and an hour and 15 minute meeting. Again, kind of a quicker meeting than we, we've had in the past. Had, uh, you know, dock of the claims, the consent agenda, uh, sending some, some police officers to uh, one police officer to a school resource officer training class, sending our code enforcement to a, a class. Signed an agreement with uh, Energy Micro Grant towards a movie in the park in October. So we'll talk more about that as that gets a little closer. Uh, that's going to be a great event. Uh, one thing uh, that is uh, pretty cool is uh, June 12th through 16th, the Lobos Rush uh, Soccer Club is going to host a soccer camp at uh, the soccer complex there. Uh, that's that's going to be exciting. I think I'm going to send my, my older son to that. And a uh, shout-out to Miss McNeil, uh, second-grade teacher at Walls Elementary. She wants to reserve our pavilion at the Conger uh, – Conger Park for a, a field trip, so that's that'd be exciting. I'm glad they're using that. We we agreed not to charge her for that. And then there's going to be a bike race. Uh, there was a item on the agenda to approve uh, to close a section of Old Mackinville and School Road for a, uh, a bike race there, uh, June 24th. So I, that's all I know about that. But that looks like it's going to be a pretty cool event. Uh, we pay. Uh, we agreed to pay Cerberus uh, fifty thousand dollars to towards the construction of the animal shelter. And I asked the mayor when uh, that thing is going to open. He said it, uh, he said four to six weeks. So hopefully by the, the start of the summer, we'll have the, uh, the new animal shelter uh, built. Uh, and then item nine was probably the biggest uh, discussion point on the agenda is our fire chief, Marshall Berry, came up and uh, gave us an option to increase the uh, paramedic pay. And he, he, he stated that he's having a hard time finding paramedics and that the uh, the reason why is because the pay was the lowest in the county and he had suggested raising it uh, up to be the highest in the county to attract some some paramedics um, he said he's I, don't, I believe he had to go back and watch a meeting but I think he said that he hadn't had a paramedic stay there longer than five years because the pay just doesn't keep him there so we had quite a bit of discussion I, I did ask him some questions I think uh, Alderman Miller asked him some questions uh, I know Alderman Piper asked him some questions about, you know, why are we doing this in the middle of a budget year? Why did we not do this uh, maybe at the first of the year? And and just some background history, we had gave them a, I think, a 3 or $4 raise back in 2021-22 budget year, and then we gave them a 4% raise last year. So 
we've been working towards uh, all all our department. Frankly, you know, all our departments: the police department, fire department, uh, public works. All departments, you know, when we came in office, uh, they said they were underpaid or their pay was low. Um, and so we've had some additional revenue as the city continues to grow. So we're trying to get that pay up to a, a competitive level with other cities in the area. But, you know, again, and, and this is a point that Andrew Miller, or excuse me, Alderman Miller made, is that, you know, our budget is substantially smaller than those other cities. And so it's very difficult to compete sometimes. We try. We, I know the police department's in line with everybody and now the, uh, the fire department is. Uh, but it, it's tough. It's tough. And so we have to continue to go make some tough decisions as far as pay and, and how to balance the overall needs of the city with certain departments and so forth. And so that's, that's something that we uh, had to do. But uh, we did vote to, to increase their pay. So now I think they've already posted on Facebook, I saw, that uh, they now are the highest paid uh, paramedics in the, in, the, in the DeSoto County. And so if anybody is um, looking for a paramedic job, I think we have three or, three or four openings so please uh, apply. You can t- contact the fire department or, or, or Chief Barry or Chief Witt to uh, come there. Uh, after, after that, that was a pretty lengthy discussion, but after that we then went into a uh, personnel docket where we uh, gave our, I guess she's the director of the EMS or whatever, uh, got her a raise in there, uh, hired a couple other employees, had a donation uh, docket, we approved that. Uh, one thing we talked about just briefly was the Nesbitt Road sidewalk project that we approved for Wagner Engineering, do the Wagner Engineering for the preliminary engineering of that. So we're going to have some uh, sidewalks there in Nesbury to connect that where you can walk around and maybe get some development there in the future. Uh, and, that, and that reminds me, uh, our guest uh, this, uh, this, uh, on this episode of the podcast is going to be State Senator Mike McClendon. He's going to talk a little bit about his role as a state senator and how uh, he, he fights for us. He, you know, he lives here in Hernando, and he's done a great job for us. So we're going to look forward to the interview later on. Uh, after I got done rambling on about the, the, the city business here. The next thing uh, was item 13 was the uh, Wade Fence Variance, which is the John Deere dealership kind of west of town there on uh, Commerce. They they had put up a chain link fence to, I think, prevent people from stealing their tractors and, and mowers and things. Uh, and unfortunately, in the city of Fernando, we do not allow chain link fences. That's outside of our our ordinances. And we had some people complain, and so I know uh, Alderman Lynch and I and, and some other people had met with the owners and uh, came up with a good solution we felt where they're going to make some changes to that fence, take some of it down, paint some of it, put some hedges up to, again, uh, make it look a lot more aesthetically pleasing and, and still be able to provide the security they need. So uh, we approved that variance. I'll probably share some of the pictures of what it's going to look like there on the, the Boardroom podcast Facebook page here, uh, but that, that that's another example of, uh, I think, government and business working together to compromise and coming up with a good solution that uh, continues to make Hernando a great place to live, work, and raise a family. Uh, the next thing uh, was probably a, a little bit of discussion was the uh, creek uh, Creekside Height Variance. This is a hotel that is coming in uh, kind of behind Domino's or uh, Big Muddy's Cafe or coffee shop there. Uh, it's going to be a... Uh, uh, well, they wanted a five-story building there, a uh, five-story hotel to allow for, uh, I guess, more rooms. And, and again, we met with them, talked to them. We let them know that five stories are not going to be acceptable. And so we, after uh, some discussion and talking about it, we uh, did approve a four-story 
variance there at Creekside. And I think it was voted on uh, five to two for it. So I think uh, Alderman Piper and Alderman uh, Lynch voted against that one. And then lastly, we gave a, uh, we waived the bonding requirement for some sidewalks there on uh, Mount Pleasant and Riley Street there for a, there's going to be a church coming there. And they, they were going to wait until, put the sidewalks in until later in the project. And so we allowed them to do that. And then that was it. We had executive session and uh, we got out of there about uh, 730. So that's kind of a rundown of what is going on right now in the city of Hernando. We'll have another meeting on the, uh, see, that'll be the, let's see, the 18th of uh, April. And then we'll have a, a new episode out for you on the, I guess that would be today's the 7th, so the 21st. Now we're going to get into our interview with State Senator Mike McClendon. Thanks for listening to the Boardroom Podcast. Welcome to our interview section of the Boardroom Podcast. Uh, I'm Chad Wicker. My buddy Ben is is out of the pocket today. He's life has happened, so he's not going to be with me. But I got my guest, my good friend, uh, State Senator Hernando Resident Ward Four Hernando Resident, and a guy I've known probably for 25 plus years, uh, Mike McClendon. Hey, Mike, thanks for joining the show. Thank you, Chad, for having me. And uh, sorry, Ben couldn't be here, but. Uh duty calls at home and yeah he, he it's uh you know it's good friday we're recording on good friday and he the kids are out of school and, and his wife Lindsay, i think is working so uh he he's not gonna be able to make it but i'll try my best to live up to, to ben's standard he, he keeps me straight so so mike uh thanks for doing the show uh you know you, you've been a state senator now you're finishing out your first term what, what do you think about that how you like being a state senator state senator is uh one of the most uh humbling and uh outstanding things that's ever happened in my life and i first want to say uh thank you to everyone out there that's listening that uh voted for me and had entrusted me all those out there that uh doubted me and maybe now we've uh changed their minds by our actions because actions speak louder louder than words um it's a true blessing thank you well, I think most people know your story, Mike. Do you kind of want to talk about how you got into politics and, and how you ended up uh, in the state Senate representing the city you've uh, lived in for, what, 35, 40-plus years? Well, um, that's a real easy one. I know the story, but I don't know if everybody knows it. <laughs> well, how about the story how we met first? Yeah, where, well, we can talk about that. Where, uh, you know— I had an outstanding baseball team, and you always called balls on my pitcher <laughs> and never would call strikes. Yes. Yeah, so. Dizzy Dean, when we were playing kid pitch. So, if everybody doesn't know, he has two sons, Hunter, Hunter and Sadler. And uh, when they were younger, I guess uh, Mike didn't have anything else better to do but coach Little League Baseball. And so, uh, that was my first job when I was in high school. I, I was an umpire for the uh, Hernando Civic Center. And uh, me and Mike, I did ever have to throw you out of a game. I think we had some heated arguments, but I don't think I ever had to throw you out, did I? No, y'all brought somebody down from Snowden Grove to do that. <laughs> but uh, we had a lot of good fun back then. That's when I met you. I see I was 15, 16. So, yeah, it's going on, man, uh, 25 years or so. Um, 15, 16. That means I was 30-something. I'm, I'm 38 now. How old are you? <laughs> we'll just keep it at that. <laughs> So, so anyway, <laughs> I tell you what, you know, uh, the one thing about Chad Wicker and, and people ask me from time to time is, is how did you and Chad become such good friends? Well, I admired him so much. Uh, he was out there making money on his own little league baseball games, 
put himself through college. People may not know this. He's got a master's degree and did that all on his own, as well as helping his mother help raise his two sisters. And that is very admirable. You know, when a lot of kids are out doing different things, Chad was working. Chad was uh, out there making a difference. And and not only that, but he's always done that. You've always done that. And when it came time for Randy Pirtle, when I got elected on the board of aldermen, I put um, my good friend Randy Pirtle on as uh, planning commissioner. And then uh, when Randy, after four years, couldn't do it, I knew uh, how much you care for the community. And uh, I thought you deserved a shot, and you did an outstanding job, and I appreciate that. Now, back to how I got in politics. Yeah, quit talking about me. You'll make me cry, man. <laughs> hey, I'm, try- I'm trying to get a bigger pay raise here for this, doing this podcast. I, you know, that hadn't been negotiated. That's yet. right. If anybody wants a sponsor, uh, give me a call. We'll, uh, we'll hook you up with Shelby Row Productions, and we'll, uh, we'll be glad to get a sponsor. So. so I'm not sure how these podcasts work anyways. People pay to listen to this. People just check on to listen to this. Is this uh, live? Are you you're talking about people? You're going to edit this? <laughs> So you can change this narrative how you want it. Uh, how's this going to go for me? How's this, this going to go for us? This but. isn't uh, MSNBC. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't have, we don't have an agenda here. So we're going to, uh, you know, we, we, um, we're just, uh, the goal of this podcast, Mike, just to let you know, um, is we're trying to inform and educate the public on, you know, Hernando city government, state government, and, and just give some more, the, the, a, a true picture of what's going on and why we make certain decisions and, and things like that. I learned uh, a couple of, uh, about six months ago, when we were trying to do the, uh, the tourism tax or the penny for the park, penny for, you know, whatever you want to call it. A lot of false information was, was put out and we, you know, I just felt like, man, we could do something maybe with, uh, I had met Derek previously and, uh, who, who runs Shelby Row Productions. And I thought, man, we could, uh, we could do something, maybe get some, uh, just get the, the truth. And that's all we're trying to do is just educate and put the, put the information out there. So that, that's how this, that's the kind of the, the genesis of this podcast and, and Ben, you know, we, we, we've always got along really well. So we felt we could, could put a, uh, they, the information out there for people, and they they can listen to it, and they can agree with it or not. But we're just trying to shoot it shoot it straight, Mike. So well, I appreciate that, and uh, that kind of gets me back to how I got in government. Was uh, I was cutting my grass one day, and I've told this story numerous times, and people are going to get tired of hearing it. I've heard it before, but I was literally cutting my grass at twenty two forty five Memphis Street, which is uh, when you walk out my front door, you look at Louis Pharmacy. And um, there was a red rezoning sign going up at uh, the corner of 51 and Robinson. And um, I really didn't know what that meant. I walked over there and looked at it, said uh, rezone from uh, office to uh, C1. Didn't know what C1 was. I was in the insurance business at Farm Bureau Insurance on Square. Took care of clients. And so... Real estate, I had taken real estate from uh, Percy Lynchard, uh, who is an outstanding person in this community at uh, Northwest. Uh, he taught real estate law, principles of real estate. I was just looking for electives. I really wasn't into real estate, <laughs> but it was an easy class. Thank you, Percy. But uh, they were hammering a red rezoning sign, and, and what that meant was that house could have been turned down with the zoning they were asking for. Hernando prides itself on uh, this historic uh, square of older homes. It feels like going back to Grandma's house. Would the owners have done that? I don't think so. No, not at all. 
because that's a, a storied family that was selling it. It was the Wadsworth family. Um, the couches, Brian and Kef Couch and I are, are consider them friends. At the time, they may not have thought so. And, and uh, you're talking what is now the Fairway Mortgage Building, right? Fairway Mike? Mortgage Building. That's where uh, a doctor and Mrs. Wadsworth lived. Dr. William Wadsworth's grandparents were there. And um, me, as well as uh, the rest of the neighbors, just we knew it was going to be something. We just didn't want the house to be torn down. And the objective was to save the house. And that's what happened after many months of uh, going to planning commission meetings and just seeing the, how the process worked, going to alderman meetings. And um, at the time, uh, it just worked out where people were asking uh, me if I would run. And I thought about it, thought about it, and I thought someone else was going to run. And the last day I signed up, and I paid my money and ran and literally went and knocked on every door. That was in the ward, and we were fortunate enough to be uh, entrusted to win by 20 votes. I think I predicted that, didn't I? You've never been wrong, so <laughs> I, at least in your eyes, so probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> that goes back to the balls and strikes issue. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we did, we won, and uh, I um, had uh, taken. Um, some history classes in college, took civics classes, and uh, it, it was a, a, a quick indoctrination of local government, and uh, it was a, a real eye-opening experience. And um, I had a lot of mentors that were on that board. I consider every person that was on there a mentor to me, from Mr. Sonny Bryant, Mr. Sam Lauderdale, Mr. Andrew Miller, Mr. Gary Higdon. As well as, you know, people would sometimes say, well, your adversaries are. I don't think so. You know, w once you get out from behind the questions and the rezonings and that kind of thing, all the people on those boards are for the same reason. They're there to make this place better. Some of us have different ideas on how to do that, and but we all have the ultimate goal of making it better. A yeah, better I, I agree with that completely. Everybody on our current, our current board is the same way. We all... Um, we want to see Hernando thrive. We want to see Hernando grow. And, and sometimes we have disagreements on how to do that, but uh, you can't say we don't care. I mean, you wouldn't do this job if you wouldn't care. People, it's nothing glamorous about being an alderman, I don't think, is it, Mike? Uh, it wasn't for me, no. Uh, some of the uh, finest cussings I ever got was uh, <laughs> uh, from the you know, I hadn't been cussed out yet, but some people certainly disagree with some of the things I've done, for sure. <laughs> well, um I, I was very fortunate. If you always keep in mind that the people that put you there, listen to them. And I always had the mindset of, well, if it's rezoning, let me go back out and knock on those doors again. And a classic example of that is back at Memphis Street up there. So we went and knocked on doors again. And that's people appreciate that. And it's not only a way to inform them. But it was also a way that showed, okay, your alderman cares. He wants to hear what my opinion is on it. You know, if you wanted to do this again, one step up of knocking on doors again. But that wasn't the purpose. It was the purpose was communication. Now, when I got elected, 
There was no uh, form of agenda online. Uh, Facebook, uh, you know, sometimes I get it confused with Facebook or MySpace, but... Uh, That's old school right there, MySpace. <laughs> Taking a blast in the past, just, just, You know, I'm showing my age. But uh, we would put the agenda, uh, and I say we, um, we would put the agenda online. Uh, the we is my wife, Vicki, who we have been married now, uh, come next month, will be 34 years. Is that right? That's great. Um, I saw Vicki last night. She's, she's a gorgeous woman, uh, a lady that is brilliant, uh, has skills uh, that people are so envious of, of flying airplanes all over the world. And uh, she is a lady with a lot of patience because she's put up with me for that long. So let's see. It's fast. So you did two terms as alderman. Yep. Uh, in the in the middle of your second term, you made the decision to run for state senate. You want to talk about that, why you decided to do that? Well, the majority of the votes in, in the Senate District 1 come from three boxes in Hernando. Uh, Senate District 1, as it is comprised now, has 82,000 people. And they want the, the Senate seats to average 54. So as District 1 sits now, it includes walls of southern parts of Horn Lake as Church Road shoots back to east, takes into Soda Central, northwest, and District 1 has everything south, Eudora, Hernando, Cochram, Lewisburg, Bridgetown. Um, but the majority of the boxes are in Hernando. And it's considered Hernando's seat. It's, it's number one because Hernando's the best. That's right. We live here for a reason. <laughs> and uh, I thought that we just we never saw this our, our state senator uh, at any board meetings of the eight or the four years that I was there when before I ran, and I just felt that Hernando needed a little more representation in the state senate, and I ran and we were fortunate enough to uh, had a runoff and then you won outright, right? Won a runoff with two hundred thirty-eight votes, and uh, here we sat and. One of the, uh, again, uh, most humbling things that we have ever done. And it's uh, we as me and Vicki and our family. Because when you're in politics, as you know, it's a family affair. Absolutely. It is. Uh, long nights sometimes. Long nights. Uh, and you have to be sympathetic to everyone's cause. And uh, you have to have an open ear as well as a shoulder to cry on. Or a face to have a finger pointed at. It's tough skin. It's tough work. Very little pay. But it's our way of giving back to this place. And I have selfish reasons. Because I want my two boys to come back and grow their family where they grew up. Right here in Hernando. Which is, to me, the best place in the world to live. And uh, to many state senators that I talk to say... We went through Hernando, and it, it, it's just like going back, and I say, Grandma's house. You're exactly right. Y'all have got the best schools. Thank you. We, uh, we opt to uh, pay an extra ad valorem tax for that, and we expect those schools to be great. And they are. Number one schools in the state. We are so fortunate here to have uh, law enforcement, first responders, 
that are bar none I would put with anybody in the state. And uh, I don't mind uh, putting my reputation or my life on the line for this place. I'll tell you right now. Uh, political career or what. I love this place so much. And, uh, and, and I'm so appreciative that people give back, like you, Ford, Mayor Johnson, mentioned him, um, Mayor Ferguson before, all the mayors in the past, all they had in wanted to give back all the board on. And uh, thank you for all those that do what you do out there. Mike, as you're closing out your first term, is there any kind of highlights legislation you've kind of worked on and got passed over the last four years you want to talk about? Um, uh, Delbert Hoseman, who uh, has done a really good job. You know, we all get criticized uh, doing different stuff. And nobody's perfect in this. We're all humans. And when we get elected, we're looking out after our districts and our counties, our, our municipalities we represent. He's looking after the entire state, as well as I am. But I first have these people here at heart. My number one goal when I got in was to, first of all, you have to go back and look at what is the driving factor of this economy that we live in where we live? Uh, well, number one, I'll go back to it feels like grandma's house here around the square. Number two is our school district, 35,000 kids, and the 4,500 employees we have, bar none, is number one in the state. No doubt about it. Everybody says it. Everybody knows it. That's a driving. Yeah, we, we've, we had, we've had Corey on a couple episodes ago, and he he, he highlighted some of the big issues, some of the some achievements they've done. And I, I didn't realize, Mike, you, may, you probably know this. They're thirty five thousand kids is you know they're twice the size as the next size, the next closest size school school district. So it's he, he says it's difficult to find someone for them to compare it to because they're so large. Absolutely, and not to just be that size, but to have a plus rating, to have the number of merit scholars, to have the number of perfect 36 ACTs, the fact that you have D1 scholarship players uh, going to play at uh, premier SEC schools, you have band, you have theater. It, it is just such a diverse uh, culture that we are, we're so blessed here. That... It, that's another economic driver is that school. Number two, it is safe. I mean, you know, we hear of crime in Memphis, we, and, but we have crime here, yes. But our law enforcement are second to none. Our first responders, by golly, if you have an issue, they're coming. And if they have an issue getting there, that's some of our problems is, is, is congestion. Um, but for, for that is is our economic driver. Plus, we have a countywide sewer system, Decrua. Don't worry. When you're on the board, Alderman, you hear, what is DCRUA? All it's doing is just wearing my pocketbook out because its numbers are on there. That's the countywide sewer system. and uh, But that promotes growth, and that's why all these subdivisions, there's new schools on the books right now because of the new neighborhoods being built. This is the place where to come. The economy is being driven by businesses that are coming here. We're blessed. AWG right down here. Yes, it's going to be a traffic nightmare. 
you need to do something about transportation and the widening the roads, we're doing that. We're blessed with having an international airport 17 miles from us. Uh, we've got Mississippi River that borders the entire county. We've got rail. We've got two interstates, um, the 69 and 55, not counting 61. Um, it's a huge economic driver. So my number one when I go to Jackson was uh, I had to take care of this school district. And I fought. Uh, first of all, I asked to be put on education, Senate Education Committee. I was flabbergasted when I found out that once that happened, I was the only legislator, legislator in the so county, county. Dallas delega delegation from three senators and seven representatives, I believe six, seven, whatever it is. That's right. The only person that was placed on uh, education committee, Jerry Darnell asked for it, and the speaker Philip Gunn declined to put him on there. Would have to ask uh, Speaker Gunn why, but. Uh, me being the only one on that education committee, I felt I, I had to be the torchbearer. I will not make a vote without calling or texting uh, Superintendent Usselton or asking teachers or the board, how will this affect our school district, our teachers, our students? Our teachers needed a pay raise. That was number one on my goal list. That was number one on Lieutenant Governor's list. That was number one on the majority of the senators' list. Representatives can't speak so much about that for them. You'll have to ask those guys. Not Jerry Darnell. He was all for it. Jeff Hale voted every time for it. But some of the others, and Dan uh, Eubanks, I believe, voted for it, but, uh, and Hester McRae, but... Uh, just do not understand how the future of this state is our children, and you don't want to help those that are helping yours. That that mindset I didn't understand. Well, I think I think during during this last term, uh, last four years, you guys have been able to get some the teachers. Uh, I think it's what well, the southeastern average or something like that. Mike, and then what it's called? Uh, um, that may be what it's called, but I want it to be say uh, what the Mississippi. Uh, I want Mississippi to be the bar as well as our lieutenant governor right, right. wants it to be the bar that is set for um, what teachers are paid. Um, this past year, uh, the Senate had a plan to fully fund MAEP. We uh, were fortunate enough to have to go through the representative and the legislative process. We added $100 million to that. DeSoto County will get a lion's share because it goes on uh, – the amount of students you have. Right. And so we will be getting the majority of that from the state, um, which we deserve. We honestly should get more because we're willing to put more into it by our Avalorum tax. Do, do um, you, I think it'd be good for the listeners to, to understand. Do you mind explaining how, like, a bill will come to law? And, like, say, say you write a bill to give the teachers a pay raise. How, how, what's the next step for that? You drop that bill, and then what happens to it? Well, it's, it's real easy if you uh, go in YouTube how a bill becomes a law. Uh, back in the uh, 
seventies when I was watching cartoons. They had a, a great. Uh, oh yeah, that, that, hey, we still love that man. <coughs> I'm just a bill sitting on Capitol Hill, baby. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, bills come from uh, the local level. Yeah. So any any representative or any senator can drop a bill. The bill then goes to the if it's in the House, it goes to the Speaker. If it goes, if it's in the Senate, it goes to the Lieutenant Governor. He assigns it to a committee chairman. Is that correct? Absolutely. And yeah. whatever committee that is, they will vote on that bill. Uh, but they, he has to. The committee chairman has to choose to bring it up for a vote. Correct. Absolutely. So if he wants to let Bill to die, he just leaves it and sitting there, right? He can, and and that chairman can be influenced by the lieutenant governor or speaker or uh, other senators, depending on how it affects their area. So there's a lot of different <clears throat> little ingredients on the pizza, right? That's part of this bill. So, so, so once once the chairman brings it through his committee, it passes the committee. Then it's on the the floor the the, the floor calendar. It, it will go on the floor calendar, and then the chairman gets the right to bring it off the calendar and carry it to what we call the well, which is the podium in front of the Senate. Lay it chamber. on the desk, right? Lay it on the desk, and let's spill the beans, and let's talk it out and hash it out like uh, grown folk. Sometimes when that hashing out process goes, folks don't act so grown. Um, well, they, they most of the time do in the Senate. Can't speak so much for the House, but I'll let one of them explain that when they come on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, my, so my so once, so once, uh, once, the, once the bill is presented to the, the full floor, they vote on it. So I think it's 52 senators, right? They vote on it, yay or nay. Yay or nay. If it passes. It will go to the House of Representatives. It goes to the House, and if they don't make any changes, it goes to the governor and becomes law. But if the House decides to make a change, then it comes back to the Senate. Is that correct? Yes, but it goes through the same process once it goes to the House. It goes back to the committee. The speaker will assign it to a committee. That committee decides to bring it out to vote. That passes, goes to that chamber. If there aren't any amendments, then it goes to the governor's side. If there are amendments, it goes back to the other side. But mo- most, especially appropriation bills, ends up in conference, right? Conference is, uh, yes, in conference weekend happens the last week of session, uh, the last two weeks. And, that, and that's where the gravy's made, right? That's where really everything happens, that, that, in that room. It, it is, and, and that's when you have three people deciding on what's going to happen. Three from uh, the Senate, three from the House. Three from the Senate, three from the House, usually the lieutenant governors and the uh, Speak, speaker. speaker to list those. So, do I agree with that process? It is the process. Are three people deciding what goes on an appropriations bill? Can something be slipped in? Yes. Do you agree with it? It's the process we have. So, that's why it's very important to elect honest people with integrity that have the best intentions of doing what's best for their area, their state, and um, what's best by the people. But one thing I want, I want to talk about is I know my daytime job is I'm, I oversee the jail operations for the sheriff, and um, we, we had a huge issue with uh, MDOC keeping their prisoners in our, our jail for long periods of time, and, and uh, we only get reimbursed at $20. It cost us $57.13 to house one, so we were losing quite a bit of money on that, and these guys were staying in jail for – uh, sometimes nine, ten months, a year at a time. And so I know I've been s- discussing this with you for several years, and I think you, uh, we were finally able to get a bill passed this year. You want to talk about that bill? I'd love to. Um, I can't quote the bill number, but 
uh, Daniel it's Daniel Sparks is great to help too. Da- Senator Daniel Sparks. Uh, uh, what area he's from? I can't remember. Tishomingo. Tishomingo County uh, has some of uh, Itawamba, I believe. Uh, maybe some of Corin- uh, Alcorn County. But uh, Daniel also he he practices law and he is in our courthouse quite a bit. He sees our problems. I don't know how many times you and I have had to. Uh, you were at your wits' end where you had a number of MDOC inmates in the county jail here in DeSoto County that they would not come pick up due to whatever reason they wanted to say. It was, it was COVID for a long time, then it was lack of space. But I, I will say, too, that the Sheriff Rasco has, has opened a communication line with uh, Commissioner uh, Earl Kane, and that, that seems to be working very well now. So that's no longer an issue, but I think the bill is still needed. So. Yeah, bill was definitely needed. Because, and, and I want to thank you here publicly for asking me to step in to that issue because I do not mind calling if there's an issue somewhere that will help our county and asking nicely. But, you know, you, you can only ask nice for so long and then Stern becomes in. And then uh, well, I think was the kind of last blow. I, I think I had sent you a, a, a text message. Hey, you know, we, we got a bunch in jail. And I think you and, and Daniel Sparks kind of brought it up on the Senate floor. And I think Mr. Kane was there, saw it or something. And he, he, he called me. And, and ever since then, we've, we've had some movement with it. So I think that worked. So. He wasn't too happy, was he? No. Well, uh, you know, good for him. He, he's uh, a great guy. And he he's a doing great a great guy. job. Yeah. They, they've made a 180 difference in that, in that uh, department since he's been there. So I, I'm not trying to discourage him. He's, he's doing the best he can with what he's got. So. Absolutely. They're doing the best they can with what they got. That's a tough job for but, sure. But you know what? We're doing the best we can with what we got. And, you know, when you have a 550 uh, – uh, uh, 568. 568, I'm correct. <laughs> Once again, I was wrong. He was right on balls and strikes. Uh, 568 jail uh, beds, and you've got 120 of those are state inmates – that they won't come pick up. They only pay $20 a day. It's costing $57. And the municipalities, we charge municipalities 35 So that's money out of taxpayers' uh, pockets that the state is taking advantage of. And again, that's a slap in the face to DeSoto County, and I won't stand for it. And that's why we did come down heavy on them. And uh, Commissioner Kane, if we were heavy, I'm sorry, but we had to be. Daniel Sparks bill, uh, even the playing field out on uh, what the counties got for uh, holding state inmates. It's this for a week. If you don't come get them after a week, it's this after two weeks. If you don't come get them after the, it, and it progresses. And it gives us a little more, okay, we can house these if you don't have a way, but uh, you got to pay your fair share. You got to pay your fair and, share. And they they picked up twenty on Friday, so it seems to be working. So we don't have as near as many as we used to. And, and thank you, Sheriff Rasco, for all you've done. Uh, I know he's not running again, and we've got a sheriff's race coming up. Um, I just want to publicly thank Sheriff Rasco for all he's done through the years. Thank you for what you do in the jail. We also have an issue with uh, folks. Yeah, that, men- that mental health. Mental you, health y'all, y'all got a bill passed this year. You want to talk about that? Um, you know, it, it, I will. I'm going to briefly touch on that because uh, the the only part is about it is we were already doing it in DeSoto County, what they were requiring. An advocate and things like that. Yes. So, so, I, and I think, you know, we you, you also introduced me to, I think, uh, what is the gentleman's name from Holly Springs? Uh, represent- 
uh, uh, Creek Creekmore, I believe. And he's this is the first bite of the apple. We're going to have some more legislation in the next couple of years. Ben Creekmore from New Albany, and uh, he he passed got the legislation passed. Mental illness is a huge issue that that we have in this state. We need more facilities. That's another thing we're working on. You know, back to uh, home runs that, that that we had in the Senate. Teachers number one trying to get the school more money. We've done that. Uh, made it easier for uh, businesses to come in and kind of streamline, well, what do I have to do? What are the incentives that you offer? Now it's kind of a open the door, you can look and see. Um, a, a bill that, that, that I was part of was uh, our volunteer fire. We're fortunate here in, in this county because we're, we're covered by mostly in the municipalities, we are covered by full-time firemen. But in the county, you have volunteer firemen. And we have multi-million dollar homes in this county that are dependent on uh, if a fire breaks out or whatever the case might be, whether it's a someone's sick, whether, you know, God forbid, there are overdoses constantly, which is another issue, but a car wreck. The first person that is normally there a lot of times are volunteer firemen during Rolling Fork tornado, during the uh, Amory tornado, during the Winona tornado, the people that were there, 90% yeah. of the people. A lot that, of times, Mike, when we have issues at the jail, the love volunteer fire department's first responder for us. You know, and, and those guys do outstanding work. Love, Walls, uh, Nez. Skinny Wit and his group, they do a great job. Great. Bridgetown, uh, ACI out of Cocker. And if I try to name all of them, I'm going to miss one, and they're all going to be mad at me. But they all do outstanding work. But we had a bill that we got passed that will uh, set up a little bit of an annuity for a person to be able to have a, a small disability policy and just a little minute retirement, which will be $10,000. I'm not talking about getting into PERS. It will have nothing to do with PERS. It will be a fund that will be set up separately in the treasurer to help recruit and uh, hopefully keep guys or ladies that want to help protect their own communities. And, and it's an outstanding uh, deal that we had going. We, uh, we appropriate a lot of money for uh, – some cities, counties. Uh, yeah, and, and I know you've been so gracious with your time. Let's 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 wrap up with some of the stuff you the appropriations you. Uh, oh, we can go extra. I don't have anything to do today. <laughs> I know you like to talk. So uh, anyway, but no, you're doing great. Uh, if you want to talk about uh, some of your, you know, I know you brought some brought some money back to the district and, and talk about that. Um, I guess the biggest thing uh, for Hernando anyway is the uh, how much 1.5 million for for the I guess the roundabout or, or traffic signal there at Oak Grove and 51. Yes, we had uh, 750 thousand already appropriated in the last three years, and uh, my legislative uh, comrades were fortunate to give us another 1.5 for that intersection to either do a roundabout or a light. It's so greatly needed. You'd rather have the roundabout, wouldn't you? I have no comment on that because that is a uh, MDOT and a city of Hernando uh, decision. Uh, I, I'm in the legislature that provides funding for. So uh, how's that for? And Mike, Mike y'all didn't uh, y'all didn't on serious y'all y'all didn't do a bond bill. This this is all money that's that's not, not borrowed. This is this is money that's in the reserve, right? This is money that's in the reserve. Uh, that uh, there is still money in the reserve. 
Yeah, and we will keep that. And that's but huge. That's big. Not to have to do a bond. Bill. It is huge. And, and there's been money put aside for volunteer fire departments, Love, ACI, and Lewisburg. Yeah, uh, and, and so the people know that means that the state is not borrowing money. This is money that's in their coffers. That is tax and revenue or different other revenue streams coming in. They're not borrowing money and going in debt to take care of these projects. So we're paying them, paying kind of pay as you go. Like if you're building a house, you're paying as you go instead of taking out a mortgage on it. Absolutely. And uh, we did put in for some other appropriations for Hernando. Didn't quite get them, but it's always it's a it's a it's a work in progress. The main thing that we had to do me for four years is we mended relationships that had been uh, splintered by uh, some of the folks that uh, were down there. And we put the glue on it. We, we've uh, broke bread. We've handshook. We, we, we have got a great uh, opportunity here in the future. Uh, we need to elect the right people, people that are like-minded, that want to see progress. Yes, I want to cut taxes, absolutely. But I want to do it at, at a pace that we don't jeopardize uh, ourselves. So uh, well, I want to th- I want to thank y'all for letting me come on and ramble. Yeah, you did a great job. And uh, well, did you have any doubt? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry, Ben, you weren't here to interrupt me at all and keep us all on focus. Right. But uh, you can, you, uh, you should be here next time. But uh, bring the kids. We love kids. He, he it's killer not to be here. He, he's oh, been I'm texting sure me all is. morning. He's like, man, I, I don't have a babysitter, man. <laughs> So. Uh, y'all could have talked. Uh, we would have sit there and played the guitar with them. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I want to well, thank y'all for what you're doing uh, here at the home of the real Fernando and, and Show Row Productions. Uh, the hard, the hard award four is what we call it. This here. is definitely the hard award four because you've got uh, your alderman of Ward Four and your state senator of Ward Four. Uh, and it's so great having you right here, right off the square, representing Hernando and, and our values. We we love here. We love this town and. I want to say just to you, thank you for, for representing us. And, and like you said, you're very good at any issue that comes up on the Senate floor. You you, you know, if it's a, regarding a jail or sheriff's department, you text me, Sheriff Rasco or Justin Smith or somebody. Or uh, if it's something with the school, you, you text uh, Corey or, or, you know, you text the mayor or whoever if there's something with the city. And, and that I, that goes a long way. That sh- that shows you care and you're trying to get everybody's input. And that that's that's just priceless for me. I well, appreciate that, Mike. Uh, if, if you don't uh, rely on the experts, then uh... – I feel that I'm failing our, our citizens, and that is absolutely one thing I don't want to do. Citizens are forefront in my eyes. Thank you all for what you're doing. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. And that uh, is going to conclude our show today. Uh, again, Ben's not here, so he usually does the exit, the uh, outro for me. But thank you for tuning in. We'll have a next episode in uh, two weeks. And uh, everybody have a – well, this you probably won't hear this after Easter, so I hope your Easter was great. Everybody ha- I hope they had a great Easter, and uh, spring's coming. Thank you. Good day. Thank you for joining us for an episode of the Boardroom Podcast, presented by People for a Better DeSoto County. I hope we were able to inform you and give you some additional insight on how your local government works. Stay engaged. Local government is the closest to the people. Uh